This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. I'm Jared Stern. I think people should listen because we're desperate for attention right now. <laughs> I'm also Jared Stern. This is what I like to call an exercise in benign narcissism. And you're Between Two Sterns. you right now weather has just been like it's the end of the world man like between because i was back on the east coast for christmas and it's like 68 there sunny and like out here in california it hasn't stopped fucking raining for two weeks like the whole world is flippy floppy and topsy-turny at this point yeah so all right so quick questions for you so do we want to talk to jared stern first and oh. then talk about what we've done over over the christmas holiday uh or do we just want to talk strategy first and then talk to jared sir and then we can talk about what, what we've done or try to shoehorn in what we did over the last couple of days mm. before we talk to him i mean it really seems like our objective is to convince this man to write a movie with us so we can stop <laughs> well no not, not convince I, I i think he came up with an he came up with the idea first. Yeah, are it we are we are we sure that that idea was not the polite lunch suggestion? It wasn't the yeah, we should grab lunch sometime and I, then just I, move on. It could be. By the I way, he, he was enamored by the idea of breaking IMDb with with, with the multiple with the with the and and the ampersand. If I get a little extra on this podcast, it's because whilst traveling, I binged two seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So okay. that my brain is very much in that kind of like bum 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 like weird scenario stuff. So this is my invention of the of the um the polite lunch suggestion, which is okay. the so here's the thing. I think he should, because otherwise I'm gonna tell everybody his social security number. Uh, but just just for the joy of it, I really think that he should do this with us. But yeah, I love the idea of bringing like you. I think you can take the take the lead on the initial pitch to him. Yeah, uh, no, I'll I'll be happy to to share with him the ideas that I yeah. that I shared with you. Something else we need to acknowledge before before we get into the nitty gritty. This is our one year anniversary. We've, we've been doing this podcast for one year. And you have decided to dress up. Is that a is that a no, black and white shirt as opposed it, to a white undershirt? Most most days when, <laughs> when we record, it's after work. Uh, understood. Yes. And and so I, I have the white V-neck on because it's underneath my my monkey suit. You know the the shirt that I wear at work. However, since Omicron has been uh, been spreading round and round, uh, everything is virtual again now for me. I do like that as the del- as the uh, coronavirus variants have increased, we've stopped naming them what feels like, you know, um, military alphabet. And now it feels like we're naming them after like Transformer Decepticons. Like now we're like on Omnicron and Megatron and Starscream, they, I expect. They've, they've always, the naming convention has always been the Greek alphabet. Is, it, is Omicron a Greek alphabet? It is. And see, listen, uh, attention You're, hacks. We all know it's, it. First of all, it's Unicron is the name of the uh, of the Unicron the, is from the classic the, 1984 Transformers movie. The greatest one. 
84. 86. Oh my God. I, this See, this I'm going to be embarrassed by because I love this movie. 84. Is it 84? 84. Hmm, and by the way, this movie has an 8 out of 10 rating on IMDb. Goddamn right. By the way, there's a major milestone in this movie. And that is, it is Orson Welles' last yes. role before he died. As Unicron. As Unicron. That's right. I remember, because I was obviously younger than you when this movie came out, and spoilers for those of you who have not watched this in the past 50 years, the beginning of that movie was one of the most traumatic things you could do to a young child, because the Transformers TV show revolved around like a central cast mm-hmm. of... Um, and they of tra- murdered Just all of them. murdered all of them in the first 10 minutes. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it was just a clean fight. They killed Optimus Prime. Yeah, <laughs> they killed the main guy. And they were like, no, Judd Nelson can carry this movie. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Judd Nelson will get us through. And uh, Judd Nelson, for those of you who are in our younger demographic, was in The Breakfast Club. I believe that the the death of Optimus Prime is, I think it probably ranks in the top three of most traumatic movie experiences for 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 young children back in the 100 percent. it uh, also by the way has one of the top three like music cues of all time and no i'm not talking about this very awkward dance break in the middle of the movie where oh, like the transformers of, dare to be stupid dare to be stupid and they all da- like this movie is such a high rating and yet there's essentially a line dance in the middle of this movie out of nowhere <laughs> But that song at the end, you got the touch. Oh, yeah. Stan, <laughs> by the way, Stan Bush. Yeah. Who yeah. was the, the guy who sung that song has has turned himself, turned it into its own cottage industry. All he does. And if you listen to his to his uh, his discography or whatever, all of his songs are like that pseudo inspirational. Really? Rock vibe kind of thing. Like you got the touch, like everything else he does. Has been, and, and not only that, everything his entire career now just revolves around the Transformers, as he should. Like he he took that one thing, realized that was his thing, and then just fucking ran with it. He nailed it. It's so popular in my family that for a very long period of time, we were all living together. If we were playing board games, seen it, Cranium, Scrabble, if we were presenting an item of food that somebody had cooked. We would have You Got the Touch locked and loaded <laughs> on the phone. And then it would be, boom, You Got the Touch. And it's like you would second. present your final answer. Hang on one second, because I have the, uh, I'm pretty sure I have the, the album in my, in my iTunes. And oh, my God. There is, uh, there is a better. No, there's no a way. Be- a better Stan Bush track. That's blasphemy. You know that, right? No, I, I, I'm not saying you, uh, that You Got the Touch isn't, it doesn't slap. <laughs> Because it slaps, but there is a there is a low key a better uh, Stan Bush song. I don't know. I don't know which is better for our hundredth episode. That I can tell my family that we talked about. You got the touch on uh-huh. it, or the fact that you've been talking to me for so long that you integrated the term slapped <laughs> so seamlessly in there i'm trying to I'm trying to appeal to the kids i'm trying to get the, demo, the right demographic on this podcast oh it's so good hang on one second hang on it's one second. fire also on a side note i really like this intro style of us not saying hello to each other but people just feeling like we're coming in on a conversation we, that's already happening 
Did you started the we, recording after we said hello? Yeah, there's no hello, and I really oh. dig it. I think it's going to have a nice vibe to it. Okay. I'm telling you, it's going to feel really strange to people, and it's going to be like they're coming in in the middle of a conversation with us. And it's going to feel good. The Stan Bush track that I'm thinking of is called is. Dare. Oh, D- Dare's from that movie also. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying. Dare. Dare. Oh, God. It's a great fucking song. Yeah, I'll take Dare over You Got the Touch 10 times out of 10. I wish that they had done You Got the Touch for when Thor regains his powers in Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) (laughs) If they had used that song, that movie might have been pure perfection for me. Or I'm hoping they do it in Thor Love and Thunder. If they put fucking you got, if they put anything by Stan Bush in Thor Love and Thunder, immediately to the top 10 chart. But yeah, do yourself a favor and and check out Stan Bush's other work. And you'll find that all of his his stuff is just fits into that genre of it just, it's just an offshoot of, of, of the touch, essentially. Love it. Love it. So we got what, like 13 minutes before Jared jumps on? We could talk a little bit and then kind of lead into it if you want. I mean, we can, sure we can. Um, Did you have I, anything major that happened over the holidays that's going to occupy more than 10 minutes? Yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh, Andrea and I, we uh, we had a we had a little pivot from our from our plans okay. for, for Christmas because initially our plans for the Christmas holiday was going to be to fly to Germany. Yes. And uh, that fucking didn't happen. No. So... But in, 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 the, in the meantime, we, had, we purchased a van. We bought a camper van. We bought a 1997 uh, VW Euro van. Mm-hmm. And we drove that sucker to Key West. That's, that's further than Florida. That's even, that's, <laughs> that that's, is, that's, that's that still is going. further than Florida. It's <laughs> damn near Cuba. Yes. Aren't there like really long bridges over there's open water? There's one really long bridge. I mean, the, there are a couple small ones, and there's one like seven mile long is that- bridge. Is that the bridge from True Lies? Funny you should mention that. Yes, indeed. Is that it? Is the bridge okay. from True Lies. Andreo shared that piece of trivia with me as we were going. He goes, I, how long has it been since you've seen True Lies? I'm like, I, I don't know. It's a couple, couple of years anyway. She goes, yeah. So the bridge on here is where they, they, I don't know if they blew up the bridge or if that was the bridge they were looking, they saw the nuclear explosion from. No, they blew up the bridge. They it was like a whole bridge. big, yeah, they blew up that okay. bridge. I've watched that movie. Too many times because they uh, apparently that bridge was scheduled for demolition anyway. It just yeah. synced up. They were like, "Okay, yeah." yeah. They're like, "Hey, you need a bridge? We got a bridge. We'll go. We'll go fifty-fifty with you on it, but we yeah. got to blow it up our way, right? <laughs> we're gonna blow up some trucks and shit on it as well. That's pretty so, cool." Yes, yeah, so, uh, and I, I, I'd never been to the Keys before, and so, so you said it's that. a seven-mile bridge. That one particular bridge is, yeah. Is there a point when you're on the bridge where you cannot see land in front of you or behind you, or you always have a land mass point on it? I believe, yes. I wasn't really paying that much attention to when I lost sight of dry land. I bring that up because in in no way would it generate anxiety in me that I wouldn't be able to see like dry land anywhere. And I would just be like trapped on this seven mile bridge. Well, I'll tell you what, when it comes to bridge anxiety, I'll take the seven mile bridge that we were on to the, the Bay Bridge that crosses to Delaware, I think, from like from Maryland to Delaware. Are you talking the one that goes underwater? No, no, that's, that's not the a bridge, Baltimore that's a tunnel. 
That would be a tunnel. Tunnels go underwater. Well, so technically, it's also going over water. I just want to make it clear that the tunnel does not go all the way under the water. It goes like right in the middle of the water. Like there's okay. some water above, there's some water below. You do you don't understand that bridges just they go over water. That's, I know that's that that's do. I know that's one type of bridge. Okay. Name a bridge one, that doesn't go over water. Type of bridge you have in your teeth. Uh, the type of bridge you use to connect two points in a sentence. I'm just saying there are a lot of different types of bridging. Not, but yes, but all, all the ones that, that you drive on, right? most of them go over water. I would say all of them go over water. I'm just yeah. trying to sell my... Jared, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. All of them go over water. That's an absurd <laughs> thing. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying... Well, yeah, so uh, I... I I'd, I'd never been to the Keys before, and so we uh, we drove out there and we found a nice campground out there. I mean, because everything because things are starting to starting to spike again. I mean, although Omicron is supposedly lesser of the variants, it's it's more contagious but less lethal. The your symptoms aren't quite as severe, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's easier to spread. So more people are getting sick now. It's like the one direction of variants. Right. It's more common, but it's less intense and serious than like an InSync or a Backstreet Boy. Yes, because Backstreet Boy is super intense. OK, people were obsessed with those bands when we were growing up. Like, obsessed. And you don't think they were uh, they were fucking obsessed with One Direction from a distance. They, we didn't have the cell phones or the technology to be like super like they're 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 um, what's the word? Uh immunized to it they, they see it too much <laughs> it's just around them all the way time to keep the, way to keep the virus metaphor going <laughs> yeah, I, didn't mean, I honestly couldn't think of the actual word i wanted to say and just and just bridged it right over to immunized as well uh-huh, sure mm-hmm. no but yeah, yeah. I, I i don't understand that um that particular comparison but our goal during this trip was to try to be as safe as we could possibly be Right. Uh, while traveling to fucking Florida, like your your epicenter of uh, the vaccines are the devil. But uh, oh, so we had we, we, on our way to uh, mm-hmm. QS, we made a stop in a place called Helen, Georgia. And Helen. Okay. Helen, like like the name Helen. So since we were supposed to. <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> it's Helen, like the name Helen Jared. Well, not, <laughs> spelled like Helen. OK, right. Okay. Moving on. Right. So the right. <laughs> like you were waiting for yeah, yeah. <laughs> because our our trip to Germany got screwed. I don't know how she heard about it. Maybe her 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 mom told her about it. But this town is essentially like a German town. Like they turned oh. it like it's like a German south of the border. It's this giant tourist trap. Where do not know what south I, of the border what? is. I understood that analogy too well. Like I know okay. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like as soon, okay, I, all I was thinking was, do people need an explanation of what south of the border is to understand this? Because I get it. Well, okay, so maybe some of our new <laughs> listeners. I mean, we've we, we've gained some some new listeners from foreign lands. Thank you, Australia. Australia, by the way, overtook uh, Great Britain in in our number two spot as uh, a, a place of listening to the podcast besides the United States. In order to understand south of the border, those of you who are on the East Coast get this, those of you who are not on the East Coast of America, there's a road called 95. And 95 goes from almost the top of the East Coast all the way down, probably goes right into the Keys, right? Does 95 dump right? Yeah. So all the way south. And if you drove 
from anywhere up north, right around the time you would hit, I would say, what, like south of Maryland? Like right around there, you're going to start like oh, North no, Carolina? No, no, no. The signs start in North Carolina, yeah. So North Carolina, you see because signs. It's at, because it's right at the North Carolina-South Carolina border. So you just see these signs that just say, south of the border coming, south of the border coming, with really no explanation other than this, other than just this kind of hype of south of the border, like every so, three to 10 miles. Go ahead. Yeah, So, but it, it, it's hype with uh, just veiled Hispanic racism. And uh, just like uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And we just sh- super bad puns. Like one of them is like El Chipo gas or something like that. And uh, yeah. you never sausage a place. Dude, dude in a sombrero, horrible uh, caricature of, 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 of Mexican culture. Like that is the mascot of South of the border. And yeah. So Pedro, I believe is, uh, is the mascot for South of the border. Apparently South of the border is getting a, a major overhaul. They were, is it? It's under construction right now because they're like they're putting in more places for electric cars to recharge, and they're <laughs> they're they're, over, they're overhauling the gift shop and and the the giant the south of the border version of the space needle where it's like the tower with a giant sombrero. It's on a top huge of, sombrero. It's like the biggest sombrero you'd ever seen. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're getting close to nine o'clock. I, I just I just emailed him the link. He just oh, you did? Well, then, well, good on you. Thank you so much. Dare to believe you can survive. You hold the future in your hands. Yeah, now, now, now I got that song in my head. It's a good yeah. song. Telling you, man, that that whole soundtrack is is awesome. <clears throat> you know when in the movie Dare occurs? I do. Hmm. It's been a little while since I've seen. It is when the Decepticons first start attacking the Autobots in the very beginning. And I believe that Hot Rod is up like north of the tower. And then, uh-huh. oh God, it, it begins with a G. He was like a, he was like a tealy, like a light tealy mint kind of weird, like future truck guy. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. I Gr- Grimwald. Gr- Grimwald? No, no that's no, Harry no, Potter. No. Gr- Gr- Grum something. The hell is it? Jared would know. Well, uh, we'll see. Transformers the movie. I remember Cup. I remember uh, Blur. Cup. And I... Blur, yeah. So, by the way, Blur, I believe, was voiced by the Micro Machines guy. Remember the Micro Machines guy? No. God, what the hell is his name? Uh, yeah, Grimlock. No, no, Grimlock is one of the, um, the Dinobots. Dinobots. Yeah. It's... Uh, Dude, so many of these people were doing so many different voices. It is impossible. to tell. Leonard Nimoy was a voice. Yeah, Leonard Nimoy was um, Galvatron. I'm embarrassed that I don't know that off the top of my head, but uh, but he might have been. Goldbug hotspot. Like the people who are top ranked here are no. Wait, am I on the t- fucking TV show? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I'm on the TV show. That, that, Come that's on good. now, man. Come on. That's good. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And as a late staged apology, the TV show was 1984. The movie was 1986. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. I'm going to make sure that gets into the show. (laughs) (laughs) Me, Grimlock. So that's Grimlock, and that's not him. Optimus Prime, right? Dirge, Inferno, Perceptor, no Bumblebee, Blaster Scourge, no. Not Cliffjumper, right? Nope. Cliffjumper was the red version of Bumblebee. Leonard Nimoy was Galvatron, yep. Mm-hmm. 
How is what is this goddamn character's name? I don't know. I think the gruff, the gruff older Autobot that you're thinking of, I think that might have been Cup. Like I said, it's been a little bit. I see Devastator, Spike, Brawn, Shockwave, no. Narrator, no. Optimus Prime, Ironhide, no. Dirge, Perceptor, Blitzwig, Bumblebee. This is Jared. Let's just let's just finish this off before we jump into him. Wreck Car, Blaster, <laughs> Jumper. Okay, hold on. We're just going to ask Jared as he comes in here. Hey! Jared! There he is. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. We're really happy we got you because we've been trying to figure this out. So you remember the 1986 animated Transformers movie? Yes. Yeah, the one with uh, Stan Bush's, as, as Jared says, you got the touch and dare, you know, Judd Nelson. So obviously this has been a very, you know, educational podcast because this is where we're at right now, trying to figure this out. In the beginning, there was Hot Rod, who was voiced by Judd Nelson. And then there was like a tealish, like light mint kind of future truck car that was kind of a sidekick. He was like a gruffy guy throughout the entire movie. The hell was his name? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, we're thanks, sorry, for, jo- just, yeah, thanks for joining us, Jared Stern. Yeah. Jared Stern, everybody. He wasn't any help, so he can enjoy the rest. <laughs> Orson Welles in it? I think Orson Welles was in it, right? Orson yeah. Welles, yes. That was so. I'll, I'll tell you how we got to this point. We were talking about the naming conventions for for uh, for coronavirus. Uh, Jared here made a it was cup. It, it was, was cup. cup. Yeah. Okay. It was cup. See, we figured it all out. Anyway, he was making a a a, a Transformers joke about Omicron. I corrected him, told him it was Unicron, and then we just went off on a tangent. Uh, about the 1986 Transformers animated movie, which is quite awesome. Love it. My my co-director, Sam Levine, who has the same name as another uh, person named Sam Levine uh, on Super Pets, is a huge Transformers fan. And he has his whole office is just filled with uh, Transformers. I'm sure had you asked him that question, uh, he would have had it right in two seconds. But that was <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, we give the people what they want. And for, you know, and our parents and random family members, they want us to lament on what the casting was for the 1986, sorry, Jared, the 1986 animated Transformers movie. So how have you been? It's been a while since we've had you on. I think we had you on back in June. Okay. Uh, we, we, we've since since you've been on, obviously, a lot of news has come out about uh, about the movie, about DC Super Pets. The trailer just just dropped recently. How are you, and how are how is uh, the preparation for uh, for the movie's eventual release going? I'm I'm great, thank you. Obviously, uh, everything's fine in the world now. Uh, there's no more uh, COVID. Yeah, right. And, sure. Uh, we're just back back at back to normal, which is so nice. And um, <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've been great. I think I got married since the last time I saw you. Oh, congratulations! Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and so that was a, that was a big life moment. And, uh, and yeah, our movie is almost done, which is very exciting. I've been working on it for something like, I don't know, over 10 years. Uh, 10 years. Yeah. And like really in earnest for four years. Um, and, uh, and I, did you guys watch the get back Beatles documentary thing? Not yet. No. Well, regardless, I, I never really thought about how long the Beatles were together. It's in, in my mind, it seems like the Beatles existed for, forever but from like when they started making albums until they broke up it's like 10 years and I was like I was like so basically I've been working on this one animated movie and in that amount of time the Beatles did everything the Beatles ever done (laughs) so (laughs) 
So the uh, question is, is when is Guillermo del Toro going to be making the documentary about DC Superman? <laughs> it will be 15 hours long. <laughs> um, oddly, Yoko Ono sat next to me uh, silently for most of the production. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm very excited that, uh, that we're almost done, that it's, it's uh, and, and to share it with the world. That, that trailer was the first time that we got to, you know, you, you work in this vacuum for a really long time. So uh, it's exciting and horrifying to share it with the world and see what people think. You know, Jared, I can't help but notice that since you've come on the podcast, there have been a number of other things that are in development for you. And I'm just wondering how much you credit being on this podcast for that little bump in your career. Because I know I know we've definitely felt the other side of that. So I just wanna make sure that we're sharing it with you. The other side meaning that since I was on the podcast, your ratings have gone way down. Oh, in the <laughs> toilet, you have no idea. In defense um, of us though, we did interview another Jared Stern, so. Yes, uh, no, I, I give you guys all the credit. I call it the Jared Stern <laughs> And everyone's like, why are you, why are you saying that it's your own? No, 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 it's not this Jared Stern. It's these other Jared Stearns. And my career is really just, I've been way more credits uh, since then. So. We, uh, we interviewed an Australian Jared Stern a couple of weeks ago uh, and super nice guy. We, we did comment that we'd yet to really run into like a douchebag Jared Stern yet. Uh, but he, his, his journey is he's a doctor in Australia or he's about to become a doctor in Australia yep. and he's working on PhD the cure student. for... Yeah, he's working on the cure for HIV. And Jared and I realized that the true journey of this podcast is for us to interview other Jared Stearns and find out we are the least successful Jared Stern out there. <laughs> like us together, like famous writers, going to be curing HIV. Everybody else is going to be more successful than us. I Yeah, uh, I mean, there's always somebody to make you feel like shit. Uh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I recently did a Zoom with uh, Malala Yousafzai. And oh, wow. Uh, and I had to speak after her. And I was like, you know, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? You're right. <laughs> she won the Nobel Peace Prize, Peace Prize. I can't even say the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, and, uh, and I make cartoons. But, uh, but yeah, so, so everyone always feels that way about somebody. What, what brought you and her together on the same Zoom call? Yeah, it's just a party, you know. We just like a party. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, we were working on potentially working on something together uh, that, but really, I don't have too much to do with. But uh, by some uh, talented uh, female storytellers, and I hope it works out. She has a, a deal to make uh, make content for Apple. Oh, cool! Nice. Yeah, a lot of people who weren't traditionally in film and television now have, or you know, I mean, it's a fun business to be in, and at least they're using their you know, their uh, cachet to make good stuff, hopefully to change the world. The Obamas have, uh, are making stuff and, and Harry and Meghan at Netflix and, uh, and just taking jobs from me. We're here to make sure that uh, there's, uh, the Jared Stearns are going to unionize. And then that, okay. that way, we're gonna make sure that, that we can protect our, our, our interests uh, in, in, in film and television, which are essentially just your interests. But <laughs> we're here for you. Uh, uh, when does DC Super Pets come out? DC Super Earth comes out May 20th of 22. So in just about, uh, I don't know, uh, five months from when we're recording. Is that gonna be like a full theater release or are you doing like the hybrid, like you can watch it at home and in the theater? 
Well, the world changes every five minutes, but yeah. uh, as of now, and from what we're, everyone's saying, it is a full theatrical release. And, okay. Uh, and there's, there's HBO or Warner Brothers has, uh, has committed to a theatrical release for all their movies now after The Matrix starting in January of 2022. Uh, and so they'll have an exclusive theatrical window uh, for, for most of them. And then they will go to you know, HBO Max or whatever. And then they're also making movies that go direct to HBO Max uh, separately. Uh, oh, okay. That makes more sense. I think the Father of the Bride uh, remake is, is like a made-for-HBO Max movie, but this is a theatrical release, so uh, hopefully, uh, you know, everyone will be psyched to go back to the movie theaters in May and, and go see it. I mean, Spider-Man just made a bazillion dollars, so people are, are magically going to the movie theaters now. I hope they keep going. I mean, if you asked me what would do well, like if I'm, if I'm in the pitch meeting room, it's like, what if we used cute animals for famous superheroes, made all the famous superheroes voices of people you never would expect them to be, and make it animated so we can just keep churning these things out and animals never age, we don't have to train them or anything. People are like, go mine, all the money you want. Just take just take whatever you want and keep doing these things. That's exactly how it went. <laughs> no, it did not go that easily and that's why it took me 10 years. Uh, I just read today on Twitter that uh, James Cameron, I don't know if it's true or not, but I guess he went in to pitch for Aliens, the sequel to Alien, and he just wrote the word Alien on like a dry erase board and then he just added the word S at the end. <laughs> and then he put the vertical lines through the S so that it looked like a dollar sign. And he was like, there you go. He was pitch right. complete. <laughs> I hope that story is true. That is amazing. The, the craziest thing for me since the trailer came out is that like, I try not to read what people are saying on Twitter, but I am curious. I, I hope people like it. Uh, sometimes they, you know, at me, so you can't help but see it. Um, and a lot of people just guess stuff, you know, cause there's not that much revealed in the trailer yet. And so they're guessing things. And I kind of, you know, oftentimes when I go, no, that's not what it is. You're going to like yeah. it, just trust me. Uh, well, but go ahead. From, well, from, from what I've seen uh, of the trailer, it, first of all, it looks hilarious. It really does. Um, but I, the the animals that that crypto kind of comes in contact with um they seem like a kind of a kind of a motley crew and not not as much uh like the the pets of other superheroes and yeah the, the idea for the movie originally came uh when michelle my now wife uh was um volunteering at a pet shelter and mm -hmm. uh she's because she's a good person and uh i went once because i knocked uh, and the one time that I went to help out, um, uh, there was like all the cute kittens were kind of in the front and any pet getting adopted is great. But I was like, well, those kittens seem like they have a pretty good chance of getting adopted, I hope. Uh, and then there was this sort of back room of pets that were like the lifers. Uh, <laughs> they're basically living at the shelter. Like they're not right. likely to get adopted, although I hope that they would. And, uh, and I don't know why, but I was like, I just wish that maybe they felt particularly powerless. And so I just thought, man, I wish that they had powers. Uh, what if they had superpowers? I don't know why That's I thought cool. that. And like you, I thought when I brought that into Warner Bros, that would be a slam dunk. And they liked it, but um, you know, there were more successful uh, people than me in, in line to make movies. And, That's fair. Uh, and, you know, and it was a rough idea and I had to work on it. And, and luckily they kind of let me stick with it and I kept working on it and working on it and, and it got better and better. And then eventually, we made the movie, but yeah, so that was the origin was, was me just thinking about those pets and then realizing having worked at Warner Brothers and having the rights to all the DC stuff, um, 
that um, maybe this, it could be a fit between the, the, the super pets that are in the DC canon with that, that original impetus that I had. I, I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's going to be great. When you first told us it, or when I first heard about it, I, in my head, for some reason, I just assumed cats and dogs. Like it would be a variety of those two. So then my question is, because in the trailer, you can see there are a couple of other different animals. Were there any animals that had to be left on the cutting room floor? Were there any like really obscure animals you wanted to get in here, but they were like, nah, we can't do it. Or it just didn't fit. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely conversations that I had about like, okay, what animal could you buy being in a metropolis pet shelter? You know, right. like how insane would it be? Um, and then with anything, you, know, you think, oh, it's animation, you could do whatever you want, but uh, you know, things get expensive. So it's like, how many characters can you have? And if you make a certain kind of character, that character is more expensive than others to animate. Um, and obviously you don't only make decisions if, if it was like, oh, we have to have that, that's really integral to the story, then we would do it. Um, so yeah, there were definitely a few that I wish we had that we don't. Uh, there's some that if we're, I, I don't want to even talk about a sequel, but if we were lucky to make more stuff that I'm like, oh, then I'm gonna, I, I know that one's coming down the line too. Can I, uh, can I make a suggestion? Can I throw something your way? Yeah, and this please. is this is this is for free. I don't even want any credit other than just like a small producer wanted maybe a, a voice in the movie, but nothing <laughs> other than that. Uh, <laughs> Sequel, the main villain is uh, one of Joe Exotic's animals, uh -huh. one of his tigers. You know, you got you got Carol Baskin's animals in there. You got Jeff Dunn. I mean, it is literally the Tiger King versus the DC Super Pets. I mean, that is the perfect villain origin story, right? I know. Like, yeah, forced to suffer under living that life and that right. place with that dude in charge. You know, I could see them wanting to wreak havoc upon, or just, or just liberating them, and just making the actual people animated. I mean, he's hungry for money right now. He'll do. I, I'm telling you, you can get him for scale. You can get him for scale. Yeah, um, I haven't. Have you guys watched the second? Like, the first yes. one, yes. Have to watch it, and then, and I don't know what happened, but like somehow in the next two years or however long it's been, people became revolted by the thing that we were okay with, which is maybe good for society. We've evolved that we were like, yeah. oh no, is there, no I, don't, I don't need to is, know any more about that anymore. Was there pushback on the second season? I don't know, but I just doesn't feel like it's caught on the same way. Or there's, there isn't the buzz about it that the first one was. And I feel like there was always like some, I was like, should we be watching this? This feels wrong. I think the first one benefited from the fact that everyone was suddenly stuck in their house right. with nothing to watch. And they're like, oh, here's this zany story about a guy who deals with tigers and a lady who may have killed her husband. And this, these people actually exist. What the hell? Yeah. I think I to a certain extent- a shared experience maybe. I think to a certain extent also, it, it also benefited from, nobody knew who the fuck these people were and what their story was, right? Sure. The whole initial thing was like, who is this guy? Is he gonna get away with it? There's no other resources here. Like I saw the second season in two days cause I'm obsessed with this documentary. I think it's fascinating. But besides that, the whole second arc is like Joe's t lawyer and his team going to like the Trump rally and like they were at the Trump rally and like, could they get a pardon? And they're like selling it like you're supposed to be on the edge of your seat. And I was like, this happened a year ago. I know he wasn't at the Trump rally because I would have seen it nonstop on the news. You know what I mean? I know he didn't get a part him because I would have seen it in real time happening. So right. unless we can get concrete evidence that Carol Baskin killed this husband of hers, I really don't see them continuing this. And she's not going to talk to them anymore. Anyway. I'm a big fan, uh, as you can imagine, of the Real Housewives franchise. And really? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I love it so much. And um, 
And it's just at the end of the day, a nice mindless, happy thing that my wife and I like to watch together. And, uh, but this year has been interesting, like what you're just saying, because you're watching the show, but I also know from the news. Exactly. like they're all getting arrested and then the court cases are in a completely different uh, place, you know, months later than when, when they recorded the shows, it adds a whole, a whole other layer. During that, uh, during that COVID period of time, I binged because I ran out of TV. Like I didn't think that I, that was ever going to happen, but I just ran out and I binged every season that I could possibly watch of 90 day fiance, like 90 days oh, wow. before the 90 days after the 90 days, the family Chantel, which was an amazing, like, like I went so deep into this that like at one point, cause my parents had a Comcast account. I like messaged my dad. I was like, Hey, what's your Comcast login? Cause I'm on the app. Cause I needed to download the app to watch this shit on my iPad. And then I realized I, I had a problem and needed to go cold Turkey. But yeah. I, As a member sh- of, of show business, I now have to report you for showing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry. We'll bleep that section out also. You're left well after this podcast airs and it'll add a whole new dimension to it. I I watched uh, 90 Days Sometimes. That's one that I feel like too icky. uh, It's gross. It's tough. There are times where it's tough. Did you watch the one where the guy went to, he, there was a woman named Lana. And let me, he, let me save you some time. Yes. It's a matter of whether I remember it, but please continue. If it was on TV, I watched it. I just, if anyone wants to watch like a really terrible, but great, oh, right? that season, it was. Are you talking about like, the kid who went to like the type twist? Are you talking about the kid who went to like the deep jungles of Brazil with like the cases, like the suitcases? No. No, I haven't seen that one. That sounds even more insane. But this was a guy who just kept on saying that he knew this woman from Russia or a former Soviet mm-hmm. Republic. I forget which one. And uh, he and he kept going there at his own expense to try to meet her. And he would literally fly all the way across the world, get there, and then she wouldn't show up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, really yeah. And I won't spoil uh, what happens in the show, but that one was was amazing. Yeah. I am completely lost on this. A single ounce of ninety-day fiance. They're they're, oh, no, they're like fine. they're like gateway drugs to get you there, Jared. Right? Like you can't just jump into night. You got to start with catfish, and once you get like a nice little taste for catfish, then we can start shooting it between your toes and fingers. I mean, I I, I, I do watch plenty of of trash reality TV. Uh, my wife watches Below Deck and Below Deck Mediterranean, and uh, what is Below Deck? It's it's a it's a show about these charter yachts and and the and the crew aboard who have to deal with all these assholes who rent oh rent out the ship and basically everyone who is a guest on on these charter ships basically has to sign a waiver that says we're going to look like assholes and oh. we're happy to do it and we're gotcha. going to provide a plot line we're going to be drunk uh, and and just completely at, out of our minds and we don't care because we have a lot of money. And uh, and it just provides a framework for the uh, for the crew of the ship to get into hijinks, and then everyone on the on the ship has uh, you know, basically uh, has had sex with one another, and and yeah, like sleeping in closets on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. It, like, have you guys ever slept on a? I, I stayed on a sailboat once for two nights, and it was hell. Like, it's just so claustrophobic. No. It's a floating coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just jumping back to 90 Day Fancy for one point that uh, I wanted to make, which is that it, ha- it does, it's, it's depressing, but it gives me hope in one way yeah. that a lot of uh, mail order grooms and brides come over from like a, a sort of an autocratic country to America 
And then, uh, and then they get here, I think expecting it to be amazing. And they're like, they're living with someone who's on this reality show. And they're like, this is terrible. Uh, I hate it here and I want to go back. And like, it was better there. So that always makes me feel better when I feel our country slipping into autocracy. And, uh, and I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. We're going to be just like entered this country over here. And, uh, and I realized, yeah, it's not that bad. It, it doesn't look too bad. They always want to go back. So maybe it's not so bad, whatever we're going to head for our, our, our awful future. I like when the when the Americans, because there's like 90 days overseas where Americans go to other countries. And I think that's the one with the kid who I was talking about. He was marrying this girl and he had to go to a place where you had to take like four boats and like a tiny like tugboat up like a river in the Congo or not the Congo, in South America to get to her. But watching Americans try to exist in other countries that are not America. <laughs> might be one of my favorite guilty pleasures around because um, it's usually the worst of us that are going uh, and it's just it's Karen's versus the world and it's just a it's just <laughs> a beautiful thing anyway Jared I'm really glad we brought you onto the show we brought this very famous Hollywood writer to talk about yeah well listen there are some there are some very juicy plot lines in 90 day fiance that I'm sure can be mined for scripts um now I don't know if if you remember uh, from our <laughs> from our previous conversation. And this is going to be just a, a complete record scratch of a uh, of a segue here. Uh, but remember when when uh, we were talking about possibly breaking IMDb right. by by writing a script that was penned by Jared Stern and Jared Stern ampersand Jared Stern. Yes. That is not something that we just took lightly and then just then just went away from. Uh, we have been we have been giving lots of thought to this, and uh, and if your schedule is still available, we uh, we have some ideas for for what what might be and uh, like a framework for what this could possibly become. Especially since now the multiverse is such a hot thing for studios to uh, to kind of jump on, uh, and, and and I think the, the Jared Stern multiverse. I think yeah. that's something that we could certain that we could certainly mine for gold. Right now um, is the Spider-Man three Spider-Man pointing at each other meme happening. Yeah, exactly. Right now, um, <laughs> but I, I I thought that this would it, it would be a great framework for like a com commentary on how everyone thinks that they're the hero of their own story, and I thought it would be great if the the two Jared Stearns or however many Jared Stearns are involved are kind of like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern where they're just kind of, they're, they are uh, incidental to their own story. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a film theory that says that, um, that Indiana Jones had nothing to do with the outcome of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like that, that would have happened exactly the way it did even without Indiana Jones being a part of it. The Nazis would have found the Ark, they would have opened it, their faces would have melted. <laughs> Roll credits, and it, it did not take in Indiana Jones to uh, to facilitate that. Um, in one of our earlier episodes, Jared Western went to a psychic. Yes, and this psychic, I did. I did. This psychic told him that what dark forces are going to go ahead and what, uh, what she said to me was, and again, I, I I'm very skeptical of psychics because. 
you know, all the reasons. And so, but like when I first walked in there, she said a bunch of stuff about me that like was relatively pretty perceptive and not stuff that I was like leading into or whatnot. So I gave her a chance. So she did like a two hour reading for me for free because she just needed to read my energy. She told me that the forces of darkness were trying to get me, uh, that I was the breath of God uh, and that uh, the forces of evil have attempted to kill me multiple times before and they will make one more attempt to kill me uh, and then I will ascend. She also said that I needed to go to Tibet and study with the monks, which is kind of like I'm also Dr. Strange as well as Jesus. So I'm somewhere in between both of those. But I took it very literally. Um, and by the way, I've explained this to Jared. The only reason I don't do this is because I feel like it, it would be too mean to this very, very sweet woman. But like this really happened. And about 25, maybe 30 minutes into this two hour reading, I lied and said that somebody kept calling my phone and I, I needed to put it on silent and I just hit record and just left it in my pocket to prove that this was happening. So this breath of God, forces of darkness stuff, she didn't try to sell me anything. So that is the uh, that is the backstory for what is being told right now. But what I think would be a great uh, like way to kind of couch the story is so a Jared Stern gets this reading or the, whichever name we decide to use, but uh, gets this reading, but it's for the wrong guy because uh, someone else has the yeah, same name. Exactly, and it's it's a misplaced destiny kind of thing, and so the, the idea is his particular mind or or predicting his future. It's just the name, and then she realizes that she's uh, he yeah, got the wrong Jared Stern. Exactly, and so this Jared Stern would find find others, and they would come together to to, to fulfill this destiny, but they get to the point where they they're going to defeat evil or or whatever and they get there and they muster up the courage to face the final the final battle like uh, there's a giant explosion and then another guy another uh, uh jared stern brushes himself off and like and sees them and says hey who are you guys you know oh, we're jared stern oh so am i we should start a podcast you know that's where it's worth as hot australian dr jared stern yes yes yeah like, yeah, the, yeah exactly. and that's and that's the guy but anyway that's my uh <laughs> the, the story the story has been percolating in uh in my head for uh for weeks and so i just wanted to to kind of put that put that out there into the uh, into the ether in, in in front of the jared stern that would have the most influence for such things i love it it's great i won't yeah. steal it and if I did, you wouldn't be able to do anything about it because you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so you said you got married recently. Did you get a chance to uh, to honeymoon, or did you put that off uh, because of the uh, pandemic? We did. I was thinking about it when you were talking about the the multiple uh, the guy who had to take all those different boats and stuff to get somewhere. Uh, we went to the Caribbean from L.A., which is the Caribbean. We realized is made to be gone to as a vacation destination from the East Coast. <laughs> uh, so it took us three different planes and a boat to get to where we were going, uh, but it was beautiful once we got there. But the the third plane was a real adventure on the way there. Uh, it was just the tiniest plane you've ever seen. Um, and, it's like a toothpaste tube with wings. Yes, and they presented it as a a great thing, you know, like this is right. Amazing. And uh, and my wife and I are both tiny people, so they were like. Good news! You're the the, the um, least heavy people here, so you get to sit up. 
What a compliment. Actually, like weighing you to decide anything about a plane, that's already a tip off that you shouldn't be on the plane. And uh, and so uh, one of you gets to sit in the front. And uh, my wife was a good sport because everyone else in the plane was like, do it, it's fun. And uh, she was like, okay, I'm on my honeymoon. I'll be adventurous. <laughs> and it scared the hell out of her. And it was loud. And she was wearing like headphones on top of earplugs. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you don't want to know that much about what's going on when someone's buying a plane. You don't, you don't want to know how that particular magician does his tricks. Uh, and uh, it was only like a 40 minute flight, but it was, uh, it was pretty terrifying, especially for her in the, in the front seat. But we made it and we had a lovely uh, week on the beach. One thing I did want to find out about, going back to, to DC Superfans. Yes. I know that uh, like for actors that are, that are particularly animated themselves, like, like a Kevin Hart, did they, did the animators have to do anything special around like the voice, the performance that he gave? Like I know uh, for Aladdin, like they had to, they had to like draw around Robin Williams. Did, did the animators do anything special to kind of accommodate what the performance that Kevin Hart gave? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting thing. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've seen like videos of where they, they actually videotape the actor as they're performing. Um, and, and, and we do that sometimes. Uh, a lot of times on this movie, you know, I, I never was in person with Kevin Hart for one of his records because of COVID. I, uh, the first time we recorded him, he was in a closet in another country, I can't remember where. Um, and I remember he had, he had a mattress up against the wall in the closet to dampen the sound. And, uh, and so it kind of went that way with everybody. So it wasn't the normal thing where you're sitting on a soundstage across a glass window from somebody and there's cameras set up videotaping them always. Um, but uh, the other thing is that like, sometimes that's, that's a bad thing because you find such greatness in the vocal performance that you might be fooled by what the actor is doing as they're mm -hmm performing. Sometimes you get great stuff from that, but other times it's uh, it's not. And then you'll see there's actually someone, an animator from, I think it was Spider-Verse just uh, posted a great video of of the, the, the acting that they did. Um, the, the animator themselves, they'll often take the voice acting and then know how they're going to, the idea of how they're going to animate it. There's been storyboards, um, the layout, and anyway, they they act it out themselves. The animator acts it out, and it's fun to watch because oftentimes they're so different than the character that they're performing. But they're really good actors in, in their gesturing, and they're able to make it come alive. And it's their own sort of reference that they're they're finding things and videotaping themselves, and then they take that and then they start actually animating the character and, and making it really come alive. So um, so yeah, and then and then the weirdness in ours is it's a dog. So uh, it's Kevin Hart is a dog, and what is that? And and you know, dogs' bodies move differently than our bodies move. And how do you make that come alive in a gesture? Uh, so I'm I'm constantly amazed, and I try to like have to shake that off, and then go, okay, okay, now I'm a director, and and make sure we're getting the performance that that um, that we need, but from from the animator. But uh, it really is magic. It is it is. Uh, you know, it's like watching a magic trick when you see the way they take a voice performance, which is amazing that the actor has given you, uh, and how they've injected injected someone's life into just their voice, and then uh, and then watching how the animator uh, takes that and turns it into something else is kind of a cool thing. That I, I always feel like a kid in the candy store whenever I go to an animation meeting and watch that. Awesome! Yeah, I, I can't wait to see the whole thing. Really, it's the trailer looks amazing. It's even better. First of all, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It's my pleasure, uh, you know, um, 
we're tribal people. If I if I <laughs> to be good to to Jared Stearns, then if I'm not good to a Jared Stearns, then who am I good to? You know. I think it- we could probably at this point, given the way we're progressing, produce a short animated short where every character is voiced by a Jared Stern. Because this Australian Jared Stern's voice, delightful. Absolutely delightful. And where did Jared Stern end up in Australia? It feels like such a American thing. Well, technically Jared, go. Well, technically, this this Australian Jared Stern is from South Africa. The the Jared Stern multiverse is is vast and and ever widening have you guys ever talked about the the meaning of the name jared stern like the the origin the meaning? i think you know what it, it, it's funny you mentioned that because i i actually listened to the previous episode that you were on before before we had you on just so we didn't repeat any questions uh but we but i think we talked about it and it's, I, already, uh, I already brought this up i've got yeah. one but the meaning of the name which i believe we said is descended from the stars right yes that would play in really well to the plot point of the of the, of the reading that uh, the the Jared Stearns are given by the psychic. I'm just saying that's a that's a thing that, that Jared Stern is descended from the stars. It must be you, and that's anyway. So, how when you're pitching people things, just out of curiosity, how effective is bringing psychics into the pitch? Like, is that <laughs> does that just does that just nail it home? I, I just want to know. I always start with whatever my latest psychic reading was. And right. <laughs> that's, every pitch starts that way. Um, but no, honestly, I, that, that works for me. I, I hear a lot of pitches. That worked for me hearing the psychic reading because it was just interesting. Like that was, uh, it was a good way in. And that, you know, you get a psychic who tells you anything that makes you care. You could feel like, oh my God, this person is tell, telling you that you're important and that you matter. Right. And, um, you know, I just watched House of Gucci. That's like a big plot point in that. Mm. A psychic that is building up her confidence, uh, perhaps irrationally. And so it's like, you know, I don't know. I was with it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't steal your idea, but I can steal going to a psychic for every single <laughs> yeah, The yeah. absurd part about it was, and, and part of the reason why it's always stuck with me is she didn't try to sell me anything. She actually refused to take my money for the reading at first. So I think it's real. Either that or it's like a right. big, like move of like, no, 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 uh, let me get the check. But you, then the other person's like, no, I have to. And then we, right. it was just like so protesting that eventually you would pay. Uh, whereas if she said 40 bucks, you might be like, oh, I'm unemployed. I told you that. Yeah, no, absolutely no effort to collect money. I In fact, resistance. just really felt it. And I think she felt it. Yeah. I think we're on the same page that this is real. Uh, so... So the script can be based on a true story. Oh my God, it could be based on a true story. But if it was real, then perhaps your pitch was real. And so all of this is happening to me. Right, there you go. So uh, guys, if this- It was real, but now I'm- I'm (laughs) You're you're now the Jared Stern of destiny. Is this like the transitive property of Jared Stern's psychic readings where like it just passes on to you? I, I think now if it becomes real and you take it, then this becomes a docu-series. And if if we can put the word docu in front of anything, the Netflix will just, just back a dump truck full of money onto our lawns <laughs> and give it to us because they'll take any docu-series at this point, but it's just the real Jared Stern. And it's each one of us who tells somebody else about this. They believe that it's about them and they take that from, yeah. 
also the only thing that people like to buy as a scripted series now is if it's based on a podcast, like based on this, <laughs> like, this thing that is going to be based on this podcast episode. And just look at all this gold we're giving. Absolutely. Now, has anybody ever set forth with the intention of breaking IMDb? Like breaking and then like the IMDb symbol for like bad from like breaking bad. And it's just like, just trying like, for the for example, you two are both still credited for Jared Stern, a couple of characters. Like you've got the movie, you've got the audiobook. It's a it's a mess over there. But like actually intending to mess up the algorithm. There was a big thing recently where uh there's a, a change in the writers guild, not the Jared Stern guild, which formed tonight, but the <laughs> of America, where um, you know, like a million writers will work on a, a movie and they used to be uncredited. Um, and that was okay because there was a credit process, but there's a new thing that they're starting where all the writers who were uncredited will get like a separate other credit, like basically, I forget what it's called, but like an additional writer. They, they worked on it, could be for one day or for a week. They didn't get the full credit, but it's right. that they did work on it. And it was very controversial within the Writers Guild. Some people thought that was a good thing, some people did not. And um, but, but one thing I learned through that process is that someone, someone explained that like, well, this will be helpful for people coming up. It'll, they can put it on their IMDb page, but like you can put whatever you want on your IMDb. Yeah, right. <laughs> isn't, the, isn't the Wikipedia of information? Yeah, I don't think it's that serious. Like if you want to, I think you can just write to IMDb and, and, and tell them what you, <laughs> I don't know that it's that serious. So I think we should do this is what I'm saying. <laughs> You're saying it would take minimal effort for me to take over all of the credits <laughs> on your IMDb page because what I'm hearing now is that is I should that essentially you steal your IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm taking the penguins. <laughs> you, can have, you can have half the penguins. I, half the penguins? Guys. I hear there are a bunch of They've got people with the same name as those guys. Wait, what? There were two other writers on Mr. Popper's Penguin, so you could have my name for half of it, but you're going to have to find the other. Oh, right. So the, the, there was other. You're right. Exactly. Is this like equity in like a business? Each one of you have equity. Is that like from a scripting perspective, does it feel that way? Like there's like this, like somebody has like 51% of the script that's really the driving force and there are other people who have like varying percentages of their input. Well, the only reason it matters is really is for, um, I guess, for getting other jobs that you see your name. That's what people want that credit of like, you know, hey, you worked right. on this, you worked on this. Uh, um, and, but the other thing is for residuals, which I think will matter less in the future, uh -huh. like a Netflix or something where there aren't mm. residuals because they do it ahead of time kind of. Um, but there's these things called residuals where, um, let's say, uh, Mr. Robert Penguins, I, I wrote half of, I'm credited as writing half and, Two other writers or creditors are in the other half, so we split the residual. So uh, okay, so uh, I guess that's why it's really, uh, and that's like, as the movie makes money in perpetuity when it's on HBO or it's on a DVD and someone buys a DVD forever, there's a formula and you get like a penny for for each one of those, and it can add up and you make money over time. Uh, it used to be like the greatest thing to happen in show business, and uh, when you got residuals on something, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future now with streaming that might go away. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because like you said something interesting that just sparked something, which is you really, there are a lot of people who just don't need to do anything and just get these IMDb credits. So like, could you like sell like some bullshit role on a movie to somebody? They're like, Hey, look, I'll give you 10 grand just to put me down as like, I just really need to build up my credits in order to get my foot in the door at Netflix. Like for me, Jared Stern, the con man, 
how much money would I need to buy fake credits on movies that I had nothing a part of? So it's like the how to succeed in business without really trying evolution of the film and entertainment world, which I don't think is the plot of Get Shorty, but also could be like a new take on it where it's just some guy who's just like, what do you got? You got a movie over there? Can I get can I get in on that? Can I just get like a EP role or something? Uh, yeah, I like this. Uh, yeah. You know, the thing that I've always wanted to do for a movie, I was on a set for, for one live action movie for you know a few months and I was I became sort of obsessed with the stand-ins um, because I, I don't know if it was true or not, but I, I began to think that like the stand-in for Owen Wilson and the stand-in for Rose Byrne and then the movie they're in love and I felt like the stand-ins were falling in love and then maybe they had a problem, but then they were falling back. I was watching because they, they're talking to each other all day long and they're in the same wardrobe. So, you yeah. know, they're pretty good. And, they, and now with, you know, everything's digital. So it's, like, it's not like you're wasting film. Like the cameras are probably, could just be rolling. And I was like, I just want to do a movie that's about what the stand, not even tell them, but just, I guess, a documentary about what their life is and what they're talking about, but with all the same clothes and all the setups of the movie that actually happened. There's a problem. I, I love this idea. I love this idea so much that it's a subplot of one of my favorite movies, which is Love Actually. I believe that um, what's his name and what's her name are stand-ins on some sort of scene and they have to get naked and bang each other and they're just kind of flirting and getting to know each other and then they fall in love in the scene. But now what I want to do is I want to take like a blockbuster heavy, like Daniel Day-Lewis, like really intense movie and then also reshoot it just with the stand-ins doing the performances. Like Like essentially cast a movie with like big name actors and not tell the big name actors that they're never gonna be on screen and just (laughs) use the stand-ins instead and just like credit the big name actors as being stand-ins. So like Daniel Day-Lewis stand-in for, you know, John Wichita, like whatever the hell the guy, like, I love this idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's good. It's kind of like the room, like you're- I was just, yeah, it's like the room. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got lots of ideas. But all the stand-ins are named Jared Stern. That's right. (laughs) So it all comes full circle. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you again for making the time for us. We we really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Uh, This was fun. I love talking to you guys and uh, and, uh, keep being Jared Stearns. We'll let you know when the uh, season three finale comes along. This is a tradition at this point. (laughs) Uh, Good to see you guys. So anyway, I went back east for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> are we doing this then? Or are we? Yeah, we're, we're back into it. Uh, so I went back east for Christmas. I got to see my family. It was wonderful to see everyone. And my mom and I achieved a record for me sleeping in her home and us not fighting that has never been reached before. Never. Congratulations. What's the record? So first, let me start with the rule. My mother and I have what we call the 48 48 hour rule, mm-hmm. which is we can coexist for 48 hours in the same space, like essentially sleeping over two nights before it gets a little, we get a little too on each other. She, she, we, we push each other's buttons a little bit, I think. And so traditionally, it's always been like I would crash at their place for two nights <clears throat> and I'd stay with my brother or my sister, et cetera. But we went four whole days, not a single incident. And mom, if you're listening, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of both of us. But, but here's my question, though. Yeah. And this is something that I've encountered with my parents now that yeah. I'm an adult and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm closer to their age now than the age I was when they were really on my, on yeah. my case. 
we're we're I'd like to think responsible people yeah. now. We're we're actual adults with jobs and responsibilities. So what? What's the what, conflict? Where's what's the, the conflict? Right. All right. Two areas of conflict. Two sure. areas of conflict. One. It took my mom a number of years to recognize. And I don't even think she's aware of what the definitions are, but like the fundamental definitions between extroverts and introverts mm-hmm. is that extroverts recharge their energy by being around people. Julie is an extrovert. If she is at home by herself for too long, she shuts she down low energy. She needs to be around people in order to recharge. A lot sure. of people think that I am an extrovert and I am actually an extroverted introvert. A lot of my right. extroversion, we've talked about this, you as well, a lot of our extroversion, mm-hmm defense mechanisms for things that we grew up, anxiety, things like that. But as introverts, we need alone time in order to recharge. Otherwise we go crazy. My mom is an extrovert. My dad is an introvert. But more importantly than that, I've always lived far away from the house for the most part. The rest of my siblings usually have lived within like a visitation distance on a weekly or monthly basis. I've lived in New York. I've lived in California. So when I come back and see her, it's like as much Jared time as she can get all the time. And so on those times where I need like my own private time to recharge, there's been a little bit of a, okay, like it's been that kind of like her wanting to spend a little bit more time and me needing my private time and neither of us having the communication skills to deal with this. Thank my sister for having two children that occupy (laughs) so much of their time and wear them out because now uh, there's something else more interesting than me all the time. Well, yeah, something else has drawn the focus. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's now, uh, a lot. There is a there is a happy two happy little balls of of energy and goodness that can can draw any grandparents now attention away. Exactly. You 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 do not concern her even even in the slightest when no. her grandchildren are 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 within arm's reach. Not at all. Observer's reach. The other thing, the second thing that will occur now when you go to your parents' house. Mm-hmm. You're hungry. Yeah. You have carte blanche to just kind of go through the refrigerator and their cabinets. Or or is it more of like, hey, Jared, don't go through. I want like there's stuff in there. You're not allowed. Can you just kind well, of go through if you need to? I mean, if I need to. But generally, if I'm going over there, I'm going over there for a meal anyway. So... That's fair. So when living with them, because, again, I've lived far away. When I come back, I visit. Right. She'll usually do like a kind of a blanket. Here's this thing. Here's this thing. There's this thing. There's this thing. There's this thing. There's this thing right. But if I'm roaming through a refrigerator or a cabinet, this is my time to hunt. This is, you know, this is my hunter gatherer moment. And she is my mother and is my caretaker and likes to continuously make suggestions as what are you looking for? Oh, you want something that's good? And I was like, I just want the freedom to open the refrigerator and just find my own path, go my own journey. Like, (laughs) I just want to do it. And in the past, historically, it's been a little bit of a tension of me just wanting to kind of roam through the refrigerator on my own and her being like, let me cook you a lasagna from scratch. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got this. I got this. Um, but no, I, I had an absolutely wonderful trip back. Uh, we got to spend time with um, my family. Um, my sister's husband, Alonza, his mom, Sharon, was up and it was wonderful oh, nice. to see her. Um, Garrison is talking now. Garrison's talking, which is very, very odd. He's super, super adorable. And I warned them. So he's so adorable. Everybody's focused, hyper-focused on Garrison, right? 
everything Garrison does is wonderful. Everybody claps and gives Garrison all the attention. He's super smiley and happy. And I sat them down and I warned them. I was like, you better be careful. You're going to make another Jared Stern. Like that was me one day, right? That was me. And I got all that attention. And that's how that serotonin kicked in. And I needed more and more and more of it. And then 38 years later, I was living in a garage in Inglewood. Okay. So you got to back it off a little bit. <laughs> Not everything he does is cute and adorable, okay? Even if it is cute and adorable, make him second guess it. Don't give him too much confidence in his ability. What you're saying is make the two-year-old work for it. Yeah, yeah, make him work for it a little bit. Before uh, Jared Stern Prime came on the show, we were talking about... Um, we were talking about... The Transformers the movie. But no, oh, okay. we, were talking about South, <laughs> we were talking about South of the Border. Uh, I talked about the, the town in Georgia, Helen, you know, like the name Helen which was a, essentially a Bavarian south of the border. A giant tourist trap where uh, all the t-shirt shops and uh, tchotchke uh, stores were made up to look like a, a German town. But a stone's throw from Helen, Georgia is another piece of 80s nostalgia Ooh. that I bet you didn't think you were going to hear about today. Hit me. When you were a kid, did you have a Cabbage Patch doll? Yes. Do you know that uh, five minutes away from Helen, Georgia, is the Babyland Memorial Hospital where they make Cabbage Patch dolls and it's it's done up like a hospital and the staff are are nurses, essentially, and you can go to the Cabbage Patch. You can buy Cabbage Patch kids and they're like in a nursery. It is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Just for and, listeners, you should know that my face looks as confused as yours does as I'm listening to Jared say this right now. This is a real thing. It's a real thing. And like, and so this was, when we were there, it was like two days before Christmas, maybe. So parents were taking their kids to Babyland General Hospital to pick out a Cabbage Patch doll. They still Did you go to this them. thing? Did you go to this yeah. hospital? Yeah. They, they, Did you tour this hospital? It's a free tour. Yeah. They still make cabbage patch dolls. Yeah, I know. Like, I couldn't believe it either. That's I the more not. absurd thing. I know. I can't. I can't believe they're still in production. I can't believe they're still making them, and I can't believe kids still give a shit. But if you go there, like the the lady at the front desk is dressed in a nurse, like a stereotypical nurse's outfit. Uh, it's funny because they said, um, "Please wear masks because our children are unvaccinated." <laughs> very funny. Very funny. Uh, and. Uh, but yeah, you go in there and there's like their little like rooms that are set up as nurseries. And these these the the, the dolls are in these are in like cribs. And uh, I don't think they I didn't see incubators, but. That was <laughs> and then you like one section is like this giant, like it's like a life giving tree. And there they have the the patch where like the babies are born, but they're born in a cabbage patch. So it's like it's a it's a head of cabbage, but it's a fucking doll's head no, on top no. of the on top of the cabbage and that's yeah are they selling was, these things can you buy one there yeah i don't believe it i don't think they're I, selling them i think no, i are. think they're getting like state granted like national historical monument type money and they're just cycling through the same kids through the system they come out they go on the conveyor belt and they go right back into the ground yeah well listen i i couldn't believe it either but cabbage patch kids are still a thing and they're it is it is surreal like it is um, that is so strange it is fucking willy wonka's factory surreal uh in that place so uh 
I had, did you? Okay, so this is another question I need to know. Did you please. know that it existed down there? Or did you get down there and then discover that it like what I'm really trying to figure out for us and our listeners is on the planned trip down to Key West, no, were no. you guys like, and we need to hit the cabbage patch hospital? No, okay, no, okay. I, that is certain that is something that we found out about when we were like when we got there. That like I'm one hundred I would have done the same thing. I'm one hundred percent with you. I would have yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean as a curiosity, why yeah, of course not? no, of course. If, if and it's my favorite color, free. So like I'd go on a free <laughs> that's content. Oh, that's funny. It was it, it was a fever dream of eighties nostalgia. Um, so uh, two things uh, about Key West. One one thing actually about about Key West. So Key West known for its sunsets. Yes, I don't know if it's yeah because it's an island. It's surrounded by water. That's sure. how islands and work. It, and uh, it's called the, called the land of sunsets, <laughs> which I think is is odd because everywhere has sunsets but this one these just happen to be well there's a there's a there's a place you go in key west called mallory square where you go to watch the sunset okay it's a thing everyone posts up on this pier and watches the sun as it as it sets over the uh over the water and we're there and we're watching it and it was gorgeous this particular evening uh the sun like dipped behind a cloud and so you had like this the 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 rays of sunlight coming up over the clouds and there was there were sailboats off in the distance so you could see the silhouette of the sailboats and there were birds it looked fucking phenomenal but here's what got me after the sun had set people fucking applauded people applauded yeah. after the sunset people applauded after the sunset now i think people that applaud natural phenomena have mm-hmm. fucking trust issues because how do you think this is something extraordinary like the sun will return tomorrow check your local listings like that like why have you ever been someplace where someone has applauded something that happens on a regular basis in a natural fashion Ah, i've never seen that before but what i will say is this if you are going to applaud something given how life and the world has been in 2019 2020 2021 I feel like a sunrise is more of an applaud worthy thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, we get another one? Great. Oh, my God. That's funny. I would have been very weirded out if I saw people applauding after the sun. Yeah, it's like someone applauding Old Faithful. Like, all right, yeah, that's kind of what it does. What was, uh, what was, the, what was the length on this applause? How, how, long, how long did it go on for? Oh, it wasn't like a standing ovation, but it was, okay. a, it, it was a smattering of applause. It was enough that, it, it was enough that I would... I, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to try opening for the sunset, if that's what you mean. I think <laughs> the sun has got has got a much better closer than I do. But would you consider would you consider the new year something that occurs naturally that people applaud for? I'm I'm just I'm thinking outside mean, the box. Well, like, all right. So yes, something as 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 uh, sure of a thing as the sun, and thereby the passage of time. No, I, w- I don't think you should applaud the passage of fucking time. So you don't or, think you should be applauding on New Year's Eve when it hits no. 1201 and now we all applaud. No, I don't I know I don't think that deserves applause because that, that that would that would happen regardless. But that's a whole thing. That's that's like what you do. You like you 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 celebrate. You 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 celebrate the new year. I don't. I I have no plans. But people celebrate. <laughs> people celebrate. I got news for you. Most people have no plans. It's, I uh, swear to you, canceling plans, staying at home, 
watching TV, playing video games. I've been preparing for this pandemic my entire life. Nothing for the most part has really shifted in my day-to-day in this pandemic, except for the mask thing. Like I wear masks. You want to close it out? Yeah. Because I think I, mean, I, I think our instincts are to do the same thing here, which is to say a hearty thank you. Again, to yeah. All of you who have stuck with us for two seasons of the show. Two seasons, but not just, but, but, but the, the seasons are an arbitrary thing. Fair. The, the fact that we broke this thing up into two seasons uh, <laughs> was our, you know, we, we just right. decided to do it because we found us, we found, we felt like we had reached our goal on the ape, what we thought was the apex of the show. We were like, okay, well, we can't top this for a little while. Let's take a break and revisit. And then that became season two. And now season two has turned into its own little thing. But every time Jared, the famous Jared Stern comes on the podcast, it's <laughs> right. So exactly. It's... Next season, he comes on the second podcast episode. Brand new season. We just brand jumped season. Yeah. season just... three is two episodes long. That's how that's how it works. Forget the season. We have officially been doing this show for one year, a calendar okay. year. We started this. Uh, we, I, we, we recorded the first episode December, I think, 27th of yeah of 2020 crazy yeah and so so yeah this has been this has been fucking cool this has been like again we don't usually have this kind of follow-through yeah no that's that's a very valid point and the fact that this has been going on for as long as it has and will continue uh unless we get a cease and desist order from uh the other jared stern uh steal the (laughs) podcast idea for himself yeah he, he you never know you never know. Uh, we we could turn around tomorrow, and he could have started a podcast with the Australian Jared Stern, and we'd just be fine. Yeah, it, it's true. But from both of us, a very hearty thank you. Normally, we end these things on like a big laugh, but I think a sincere moment of like I think a sin- uh, yes, a I think really a moment a, a moment of sincerity. I think the moment does, uh, calls for it, deserves it. And, uh, and yeah, again, th- thanks for sticking your ears between two sterns. Um, we cannot, we cannot do this without, without you. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you specifically right there. You, that's right. Yeah. You, we can't do it without you. We're going to try and give all of our listeners a sense of self-importance. So they can feel like they are fulfilling <laughs> their own destiny. There it uh, is. By listening to this podcast. And, uh, and, and yeah, yeah it's, it's been fun. It continues to be fun. We look forward to having more fun uh, in 2022. So here's your, uh, yeah, here's your sincere thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I don't like it. It's weird. I don't like it. So we're going <laughs> to have a good year, yeah. everybody. We'll see you next year. <laughs> Later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking your ears between two sterns. Please leave us a five-star review, even if it's a sarcastic one. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have an idea for the show? Or are you also Jared Stern? Shoot us an email. You can find links to everything at jaredstern.com.